regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm glad you've joined us on the program today. Uh, busy show coming up here in just a minute or two. We're going to talk with Nyron Harrison. He is the father of Kamari Harrison, the uh, young boy in Jefferson Parish, Louisiana, who was suspended six days from school after inadvertently flashing a BB gun on his uh, laptop screen. Uh, uh, at this point now, it's been well over a month. Uh, I think it was back in September when this happened. Kamari Harrison, no joke. I mean, this is what happened. He's he's online. He's taking a test. He's in his bedroom. His little brother's playing in the bedroom. Little brother trips over a BB gun that's laying on the floor. Kamari Harrison reaches down, picks up the BB gun, sets it aside the desk. For like a split second, the barrel of the BB gun is uh, seen on camera. Uh, Kamari Harrison wasn't waving it around, wasn't pointing at anybody. He picked up a BB gun off of the floor of his bedroom, laid it up against the side of his desk, and he was charged with violating the school district's weapons policy. He was accused of bringing a rifle to school. Yeah. Now, you might remember, as a result of this, the Louisiana State Legislature actually got involved. They passed a law named after Kamari Harrison to ensure that kids in Kamari's position who are disciplined for, you know, uh, something that happens in their own home while they're learning virtually, uh, that they would have the opportunity for due process, that they would have the opportunity for a hearing. Now, Kamari's hearing took place on Friday. The school district ended up reducing Kamari Harrison's suspension from six to three days. That's it. Yeah. And uh, as you will hear, uh, they're digging in their heels, Jefferson Parish is. Uh, we're joined by Nyron Harrison, father of Kamari Harrison, also attorney Chelsea Cusimano, who's representing the Harrison family. Uh, and in a couple of minutes, you're going to hear from Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry, who has taken a, uh, a great interest in Kamari Harrison's case. But first, we'll start again with a conversation with Kamari's dad, Nyron Harrison, about what happened at that hearing in Jefferson County on Friday. And Nyron Harrison, thank you so much for coming on the program with us. It's good to talk with you, sir. Thank you for having me, Mr. Kevin. Happy holidays to all the, all of the guests who did this. Happy holidays to you as well. Attorney Chelsea Cusimano is with us as well. And Chelsea, thank you for joining us on the program once again. Of course. Thank you for having us, man. So Friday was supposed to be an opportunity for justice uh, to occur here. We had the, the, uh, the hearing for uh, Kamari. Uh, after this uh, suspension had come down, after the legislature had acted uh, and passed a law in Kamari's name to ensure that students like your son, Nyron, would, would not face injustices like this for, you know, what amounts to a kid being a kid. Do you feel like justice happened on Friday during this hearing? Well, Cam, before you even go any further yeah. into that question, this isn't a case of a kid being a kid. Um you know, we got to think about the facts of Kamari's case. He was taking a diagnostic assessment, and he moved the BB gun out of his brother's way and went back to taking that diagnostic assessment. And that was testified to that he didn't show it to the screen. He didn't say a word. He didn't. There was not a piece of evidence to even show that he knew it was visible on the screen. Gotcha. So again, I mean, this wasn't a case of uh, of Kamari displaying this firearm. He was picking it up, putting it aside so that his little brother didn't trip over it. Correct. Correct. So the school board, though, uh, I mean, they, it seemed like they tried to 
you know, half-ass this situation by saying, all right, well, we'll reduce the suspension, which, by the way, has already taken place, from six days to three days. But this is going to stay on Kamari's record. What what was your reaction, Nyron, when when you realized that uh, that that the mistake or the error on the part of the Jefferson Parish School Board was not going to be corrected? They were doubling down on on their punishment. Well, uh, it didn't take me long to realize what was going on during the appeal, and you know, and I was I was I wasn't surprised at all by the action. But uh, the testimonies that I heard that day, and you know, in the way that the thing, the 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 hearing was upheld, it it, it, it hit a nerve with me. Uh, listen, I don't blame you. And the fact, Chelsea, if I can bring you in for a second here, do I understand correctly that the school board would not let Louisiana's solicitor general testify during this hearing? Um. Yeah. So, Pam, they asked the school board asked us for a witness list. 48 hours before the hearing, despite mm-hmm. me having asked policy on the hearing multiple times and then indicating that policy did not exist. They asked for a witness list 48 hours prior to the hearing, and I produced a witness list, which included Solicitor General Mural to testify as to the unconstitutional application of the weapons on campus statute to the privacy of someone's home. And um, when the school board presented, or the school system presented as many witnesses as it pleased, and allowed them to explore any sort of option or narrative or, you know, ideology that the school system had. Witnesses didn't even know existed. Um, we were unable to stop that. We were unable to stop that testimony. And then when it came time for us to present our case, they um, unanimously blocked my ability to call Solicitor General Mural and told me that the Department of Justice's involvement in this case was, quote, unquote, shameful. Um, I got to tell you, when I think about this case and all of its aspects, uh, the fact that the uh, Department of Justice has gotten involved there is not what's shameful uh, about what has happened to Kamari Harrison. That is unreal. What 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 was the Solicitor General? What what, what questions did you have for the Solicitor General? What what was she going to bring to the table here during this hearing? Well, you know, one thing for me that really was upsetting was they called their Chief Executive Affairs officer um, who uh, we had never heard about in the date of this hearing. And they asked her, you know, what role did you play in this case? And she basically stated that she went to the file, investigated it, and had made the conclusion that Kamari had received due process. So for us, you know, and, and then the school board offered onto the record, you know, voluntarily that this officer was um, an expert in the area. You know, we didn't, no one asked a, the school board offered a lot into the record of its own opinion throughout the hearing, which in my opinion was incredibly biased the hearing, but Wilson General was there to talk to the school board about the moment she became involved in this case, why, um, what she had found through her review of the record, and, you know, the multiple due process violations that she had found, she had seen, and the multiple due process violations that were occurring just by the basis of the application of state law for weapons on campus to the privacy of Kamari's bedroom. And when I stated that to school board member Mark Morgan, that's when I was told that absolutely not, they didn't want to hear from her, the Department of Justice was shameful. Nyron, you know, I'm a father myself, and, and I've dealt with um, 
I've dealt with some some recalcitrant uh, school officials uh, over over the course of uh, my fatherhood, uh, and you know I feel for you, sir. I really do because I know that sometimes it's like banging your head into a brick wall to get these folks to understand where it is that you're coming from. Um, what is it that you What is it that you want? What What would be a, a just resolution uh, in this case for you? In this case, for me, a just resolution would be all the kids in Jefferson Parish having their records cleared that was doing virtual learning that was recommended for expulsion, you know, uh, prior to the Kamara Harrison Act being passed. I think all of their records should be cleared. No. That's it. No, I mean, we also want an apology. An apology, definitely. Yeah. And now at this point, you know, we're done negotiating with the school board. Nyron's being nice and, you know, he's being polite. But at this point, you know, what we want now and what we wanted Friday are two very different things. I've been trying my best, Mr. Cam. I've been trying my best to keep my composure and handle this as professionally as I could from the beginning, you know. And I, I, I imagine it's got to be incredibly difficult. Um, given the the reaction that we've seen from the school board here. Uh, because yes, to, sir, I, Yeah, go ahead. Not to cut you off, Mr. Cam, not to cut you off, but this is my case in particular, in particular, you know, having the support of the community and, 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 and different, and different um, people, the, the Attorney General just alone himself. That's just me. You know, there's other parents in Jefferson Parish that, that don't, you know, didn't have the people to speak up for them, you know, and whatnot. So, you know, it, 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 it's, it's troubling to know that, you know, that, that when we having the support of so many people, it, 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 they're still, you know, standing on this, you know. Yeah. And Mr. one thing that, you know, I could add the one thing that we need to achieve at this point, um, these are elected officials. Uh, these people need to not be reelected. You know, we may be in litigation for years as a result of this case, but elections are coming up and will continue to come up. And these people do not deserve to be elected to represent over 50,000 students in the state of Louisiana. It is comical to me that these people are the people that um, the Jefferson Parish constituents elected to protect their children. At one point in the hearing, Mr. Edwards, the school board asked the kids to leave the room and then picked back up the hearing and forgot that the kids had been asked to leave the room and didn't even have them come back in until I stood up and went out and got the kids. Wow. That's how much this wasn't about the kids. So, Nyron, i got to ask, have you thought about running for school board? I, I have. <laughs> I have. Been, I have, been. have I you? Have, you you have, have, Chelsea? Chelsea? I mean, I've thought about going and getting a lease in Jefferson Parish and running for this open spot. Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, who? Why? Why wouldn't you conceive? You know, being an attorney and reading these statutes and then watching them play out. You know, why wouldn't you want to put yourself onto that board seat and you know try to impact real change? Absolutely. Um, you know, obviously, I don't have the time to run for school board, and that wouldn't be a, a fair hearing. But I certainly am looking forward to who the candidates will be to take Mark Morgan's position and 
speaking with them and endorsing one on behalf of the Harrison Williams family, as we did in um, other school board hearings, I mean, elections that were, you know, just came forward this month. Well, listen, I, I know that this case is going to continue and we're going to continue covering this story uh, until its conclusion. But is the is the opportunity for relief through the school district, is that over and done with now that this hearing is has concluded? Is is, is it now going to be up to the courts uh, for Camarie to yeah. find justice? We are finished with the Jefferson Parish School System. We have no reason to deal with them outside of the presence of a state and federal judge. I mean, a federal budget. Okay. And, and Nyron, I got to ask, man, how is Kamari doing with all of this? He's, he's, he's doing okay. He's doing, you know, the best he can with the information we're providing to him. I, I, I still haven't made it aware to him that, that, that his record wasn't clean. Uh, he's kind of under the motion that it's still under debate, you know. Okay. Uh, I, I didn't want to, you know, ruin his day, let them know that I just did. I'm just dealing with it, you know, as a father, you know. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, I can tell you this story. I know gun owners who are ticked off. I know people who don't own guns who are ticked off about this story. Ultimately, this story is not about the Second Amendment. It's about our Fourth Amendment rights. It's about our First Amendment rights. It's about, again, a school board really realizing and recognizing real common sense when it you know slaps them across the face. Here's a kid who did nothing wrong. He picked up a BB gun off the floor, put it aside so his little brother wouldn't trip on it. That should not be cause for punishment in a household, much less a school district. Uh, and I, again, I applaud you all for continuing to, to, to keep up this fight. As I said, we're going to continue covering your story. Uh, and please let us know if there are any updates. We'll have you back whenever you want, Iron. Certainly appreciate all the support. Yeah, one thing I do want to say to you, because you are, a, a, you know, a right to bear arms podcast. This is not a second amendment case. You know, we, we've discussed that. But if you think about it, um, and one of the things that we raised in the petition is that in this case, they believed that, or they stated that what they saw on Kamari's screen was a rifle. And then they charged Kamari with possesses weapons federally prohibited. Yep. So the time that Kamari entered his due process hearing, he was facing a federal weapons possession. And one of the constitutional challenges that we've raised in this lawsuit is the unconstitutional application of the weapons on campus statute to the privacy of one's home and what happened here as being an, um, you know, hinging upon Second Amendment rights. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's an improper application that could cause serious consequences to the Second Amendment. So while this isn't a Second Amendment case, there certainly are Second Amendment components that are worth considering, um, despite, you know, me not being a, a gun rights activist. Um, right. I, I, I recognize them and raise them in the lawsuit. Absolutely. And I appreciate you pointing that out. Um, again, Chelsea, it's good talking with you. Nyron, it is good to meet you uh, virtually, sir. And I hope one day uh, when, you know, the world is less crazy that uh, we get a chance to meet in person. But uh, but thank you again for continuing the fight. And I look forward to talking to you both again in the near future. All right, I appreciate uh, Nyron and Chelsea Cusimano joining us on the program. We are going to continue to cover this story. In fact, we've got another angle uh, on this story that I want to get to right now. Louisiana's Attorney General Jeff Landry, who was one of the first uh, public officials in the state to take an interest in Kamari Harrison's case, uh, uh, talked with the Harrison family, even before lawmakers got involved and introduced the bill 
uh, that bears his name, Jeff Landry was incensed uh, about Kamari Harris's suspension. So what is his take on what happened on Friday? Well, Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry joins us on the program now to talk about it. Attorney General Jeff Landry, thank you so much, sir, for coming on the program. It is great talking with you once again. Oh, it's a pleasure to be with you and all of your great listeners out there who appreciate and respect and understand the importance of our Second Amendment. Yes, sir. Uh, as well as our Fourth Amendment rights. Uh, in, in the case of Kamari Harris, we've got competing constitutional rights that I really think are being abridged here. And, you know, we just spoke a couple of minutes ago with uh, Nyron Harris and Kamari's dad, uh, Chelsea Cusimano, the attorney representing the uh, Harrison family, about this hearing on Friday in Jefferson Parish that, I, I mean, I, I don't even know where to begin with this. Let, let, let's start with the fact, uh, General, that the school board refused to allow the state solicitor general uh, to testify during this hearing. They apparently did not want to hear what the Solicitor General Merle had to say. Yeah, I mean, look, this has been one of the most disappointing cases because uh, what's ironic is that the Jeff- Jefferson Parish um, in Louisiana is normally a conservative, uh, somewhat of a conservative hotbed, right? It's, it's kind of where the Republican Party in Louisiana was, was, was kind of born. Uh, and to have these problems there with these elected officials is like just mind boggling. Um, you know, the fact that they wouldn't even let our citizen general testify, I think speaks volumes, um, for, for the attitude that they have. You know, and what we've seen over the last, uh, many years, over a decade or so is continual government actors basically believing that they're the boss of everybody, that they, that they, that they can trample on our constitutional rights without any uh, interference, and that and that we are basically instead of citizens, we become subjects. Absolutely, and I know this is one of the reasons why the legislature acted, why your office acted when Kamari's story uh, first came to light here. And you know, the school board—I mean, it seemed like they maybe tried to split the baby with the bathwater. Uh, they they reduced his suspension from six days to three, but. That still doesn't pass the common sense test for for me and for many other folks who are aware of the facts of this case. I mean, Kamari Harrison, he's 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 you know online, he's he's in his home, but he's at school virtually taking a test. He's in his bedroom. Little brother's in there playing as well. Little brother trips over a BB gun, so Kamari simply picks it up off the floor, places it against the side of his desk, goes on with taking his test. Doesn't say anything. Doesn't draw attention to the gun. It's not like he said, "Hey, teacher, look what I got." This was simply a kid picking up an object to prevent his little brother from tripping again. And, and, and still, this is worthy of punishment, uh, according to the school board. This isn't something that was just, I mean, honestly, Attorney General, this should just be a non-issue. This should never have been an issue to begin with. And now it's turning into, quite literally, you know, a, a federal case because the, uh, the, the Harrison family is pursuing civil litigation now. Oh, yeah, the thing's become a three-ring circus. And, look, my hat's off to the family yeah. for hanging in there. My hat's off to, I mean, look, I, I have to give a shout-out to the NRA who has helped fund this effort. In fact, you know, we, uh, I think the, the family is still looking to continue um, having to, to, to fund uh, what is an expensive litigation uh, just to defend the young man's rights. In fact, there's another young man uh, who, who had a hearing right after Kamari uh, who is dealing with a BB gun as well, Tommy Brown, same parish, same school board. Uh, but again, I think, again, I think it talks, it, it talks to the, the attitude of the board and the government actors out there 
as to basically treating citizens like subjects. Because what you said was, well, they reduced the suspension from six to three. So basically what they said was, listen, you know, we're not going to admit that we were wrong, but I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll just, we'll, we'll cut your sentence in half. Well, wait a minute. Whatever happened to, hey, I should not have a sentence at all. I didn't do anything wrong. You were the one that did something wrong. Where is it uh, in the Constitution, both in Louisiana and the federal Constitution, that gives the government the right to peer into my home and to basically and to basically go into my home and say that certain things that that that, that you can view, right, uh, in in some way a manner become like school property. When does when does a child's bedroom become the school classroom? Uh, and, and and that's and, and that's really at, at at the heart of this matter. Absolutely. I mean, to to that in general, I know that uh, you were uh, you know extremely instrumental in working with lawmakers to try to address this legislatively. Um, is there more that needs well, to be done? Absolutely. I, I mean, there's more political pressure that needs to be brought. Uh, we hope that we'll, you know, as we as we work this case through the courts, that the judges will see, um, the, the, you know, the violations that are occurring here on 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 one's uh, rights. I mean, I think that that, that we've got it, it's a problem, and I think that just sets a, a bad precedent if we just gave up and. You know, so think about this. If Kamar Tires just said, okay, look, we'll take the three days suspension and get out of here. Think about what kind of precedence that set mm-hmm. for the government to further encroach upon, um, you know, our rights, our, funda- our fundamental rights. And you know what's amazing, too? What's amazing is that there isn't, there's such an easy fix uh, to this. There's such an easy fix by the government actors. Think about it. They, they, they you know, we have all these kids that are learning, you know, through virtual classrooms. Well, most of these virtual applications that they're using have settings that allow for a green screen, right? That allow for, for the student to be placed in the, the, the virtual classroom with a green screen behind them so that the, whatever's behind the student is not visible uh, to, to the school. I mean, think about, I mean, if the school said, you know what, we can respect the fact that we're peering into people's homes, and so maybe we don't need to be peering into their homes. We'll just require, which certainly would be permissible, all of uh, uh, the virtual classrooms to be required to have a green screen. They, they can even demand the color. They can demand that, that you know that there's no, um, you know that, that 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 they don't have any pictorials on the green screen. That it's you know, that it's bland. It can be blue, pink, white, mm-hmm. green, uh, red, you know. I mean, it, it, it really doesn't matter. But, I mean, think about how easy of a fix this is. But yet the schools are doubling down and saying, we get to look in your, in your house and we get, to, we, get, we get to discipline the conduct. We, the school, gets to discipline the conduct that goes on inside of that house. And then, and then think about, also think about, Cam, you know, the number of, of, of parents out there, even single parents, who have multiple kids uh, close in age. And, you know, you might have I, – I knew when I grew up, I had to share a bedroom with my brother. Mm-hmm. You certainly couldn't have two kids being educated in the same room, which means that, that the mom or, or the dad has to take one of those kids and put them out, to, say, in the kitchen, right? And so, you know, I mean, does, does the presence of uh, a liquor bottle violate it? Does the pres- presence of, say, uh, uh, the president of the United States picture violated or, or are there some other political figure? Or how about a religious figure? I mean, again, 
you know, the, the, the things that they're peering into, uh, at what point does it stop? And, 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 and that's the problem. And that's, we're not going to give up on this. I'm telling you, we're going to take this thing all the way to Louisiana Supreme Court or to the U.S. Supreme Court if we have to. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that, uh, General. And I can hear the fight in your voice. Uh, and, and I'm, you know, frankly, I'm glad that you're as ticked off about this situation as I am and as others are, because this really is unconscionable. Uh, and, and as you say, you know, the, the school district could require that easy fix. But the fact that they haven't uh, tells me that uh, and maybe I'm wrong. I'd love to be proven wrong. But but, you know, my suspicion is that uh, that they like having this power. Uh, and they like wielding this power more than, uh, you know, they like finding a solution that would result in uh, kids like Kamari simply being able to go to school online, not have to worry about, uh, you know, some uh, uh, overzealous or anti-gun uh, educator freaking out about the split second shot of a, a BB gun in a, uh, in a, in a laptop uh, camera. Um, but again, I, I am very, very pleased that, uh, that, that you continue to be involved in this case. Uh, and I hope we get a chance to have you back on in the near future with any updates. Well, thank you, thank you. We, look, we, we we certainly we certainly appreciate you having us on. I think that this is just what we're seeing is 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 a window under which we saw the federal government become intrusive into our lives, the state government becoming intrusive in our lives, and now it's infected local governments as well. And at some point, you know, we the people have to stand up and say, "Hey, look, we got this thing called the." constitution both at the state and federal level and it protects us and you need to go back into your corner attorney general jeff landry with the great state of louisiana thank you so much for your time today sir okay thank you uh, my thanks to the attorney general for uh, joining us on the program today again along with nyron harrison uh, and chelsea cusimano we are going to pay attention to this case we're not going to drop it uh, as i said this is not ultimately a second amendment case although as chelsea pointed out there are some second amendment implications here but ultimately, again, this is about the abuse of authority on the part of a school district. And we know that Kamari Harrison is not the only student who's dealt with something like this. We know that this isn't just happening in Jefferson Parish, Louisiana. We've seen kids suspended, again, for the inadvertent display of a toy gun, an airsoft gun, a Nerf gun, a, a BB gun hanging on the wall of their bedroom in Colorado, in Maryland. Chelsea uh, said she's gotten phone calls from New Jersey, from Kentucky. This is happening much more frequently than you might think and that I might think, because a lot of these cases are not simply showing up in, in headlines. They're not being covered in the courts, but they will be covered here on Bearing Arms Cam and Company. And again, looking forward to uh, hopefully providing some good news about this litigation here going forward. I, I man, <laughs> my personal opinion, I want to see this school board suit into oblivion to the point that they got to rename uh, the, uh, the, the school district, the uh, uh, Harrison Parish School District there. All right, let's get to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, our uh, recidivist report. We'll start there uh, with a uh, story out of Nashua, New Hampshire, WMUR reporting on a Nashua man who was arrested twice over the weekend. Yeah, twice in one day on uh, domestic violence incidents involving the same alleged victim, 28-year-old Jensi Diaz, being held in jail in Manchester, New Hampshire, after police said he allegedly beat a woman twice in a matter of hours. According to court documents, Diaz arrested at 1 a.m. Saturday for allegedly striking a woman that he knows and breaking her phone. Three hours later, Diaz was out of jail on $200 bond, ordered not to have any contact with the woman. Documents allege that once he was released, he immediately returned to the apartment where the victim was. The victim told police that Diaz allegedly punched, slapped, headbutted, and whipped her 
According to police, the victim had bruising and swelling on her face, welts on her arms and legs, black eyes, and a broken nose. Yeah. Court documents say that Diaz has a lengthy criminal history, which uh, begs the question, why the hell was he released just hours after he was arrested on domestic violence charges on $200 bail? Diaz apparently told police that uh, he had consumed alcohol and Xanax, causing him to be, quote, a different person. Hmm. Well, whoever he is now, he should be behind bars, should not have been put back out on the streets, but uh, there you go, today's recidivist report. Uh, Our armed citizen story of the day from the Chicagoland area where a uh, would-be armed robber was fatally shot after uh, shooting his intended victim. This was in the Goose Island neighborhood Sunday morning uh, in Chicago. According to the Chicago Tribune, the 28-year-old victim of the attempted robbery told police that the assailant approached him uh, on the street, announced a robbery about 4.30 in the morning, uh, just east of the Kennedy Expressway. The robber then shot the victim in the leg. The victim managed to run away after being wounded, but told police that he heard multiple gunshots fired as he fled. Police officers responded to the scene, found the suspected gunman suffering from numerous gunshot wounds to his body. Uh, He was identified Monday as 27-year-old Aiden Delgado, the victim of the attempted robbery, uh, in good condition. It remains unclear who shot the suspected armed robber. Uh, Authorities say he did not appear to have a prior criminal history with the Chicago police. The uh, police still investigating. A weird case. Was it a, a case of defense of another? It doesn't sound like the victim in this case says that he uh, shot the would-be robber. But uh, clearly, the uh, would-be robber did suffer a fatal injury by someone. So police are investigating. We'll bring any details as they become available. Finally today, our good deed of the day from South Carolina, where a police officer in Pageland, South Carolina, in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing to save the life of a homeowner and the homeowner's pets on Sunday night. Officer N. Freeman, driving on McGregor Street in Paisland, South Carolina, just after 9.30 p.m. on Sunday evening when he saw smoke coming from the roof of a home. According to authorities, the officer jumped out of his car, knocked on the door, yelled for the homeowner, contacted the fire department on his radio. Officer woke the homeowner up, got him and the pets out safely. Paisland Police Department said in a statement, Officer Freeman's quick observation Quick response, recognition of the severity of the emergency, immediate actions to get the homeowner and pets out of the house resulted directly in saving a life. Failure to act or action after delay could have led to a tragic outcome. Well, I'm glad that that is not the case. And again, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. Officer Freeman here in Pageland, South Carolina, we thank you, sir. You're very good deed. That is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program as well. We'll be back tomorrow with more of the day's top Second Amendment news and information. But don't forget, you can subscribe to Town Hall Media on YouTube. That way you'll never miss a program. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. If you want the audio version as well. And don't forget to check out BearingArms.com throughout the day for even more Second Amendment coverage. Have a great rest of your Monday. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, be well. Be safe, be free, and we'll see you soon with another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company.